This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today we have another Clubhouse chat to share with you, and this time it was with Ben Markham and Alana Lee. Today, Alana shares with us about her photography journey and how she has faced some huge medical challenges but found a way to do the things she loves despite it all. This was a really, really inspiring discussion, and I know you'll enjoy it. Okay, let's start the episode with Ben and Alana. I just want to do a quick introduction um, of our host and our guest. So our Special guest host today is Ben Markham, and he's a member of the SBE community for a long time. I also know he's part of Peter Hurley's uh, Headshot crew. I'm looking to hear, looking forward to hearing more about that. And then we have Alana Lee of Alana Lee Photography with us today as our special guest. And if you're not familiar with Alana, um, in terms of the Portrait Masters, she has these really cool templates in the Portrait Masters store that you should check out. Um, she's, this the past year, she's been making some really cool stuff for us. So welcome, Ben and Alana. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And more importantly, Alana. I guess, you know, why don't we just go ahead and just let, I'll let you take it and, and, and get started, Ben. Alrighty. So, well, welcome everybody. Um, so first off, uh, as Ella said, I'm Ben Markham. Uh, I'm a portrait and headshot photographer based out of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I have been a member of Sue Bryce education for like five or six or so, several years I've been around. Um, so I'm excited to be doing this and to be able to share Atlanta's story uh, with all of you. Uh, before I go in too, do, too deep, I do want to say congratulations to Sue Bryce Education and the Portrait Masters uh, on teaming up with Emerald Holdings. Um, I, I've been around long enough to see all of this grow, and I, I'm just really excited for everybody and excited to see where it all goes. Um, so now, uh, on to like the star of the show... Uh, Miss Alana Lee, uh, I think a lot of you probably see her posting in the groups uh, on a fairly regular basis. Uh, Alana and I actually did meet through the Headshot crew. Uh, we had a, a program there for some time called the Wingman System. And Alana was one of my wingies. So I got to help critique her work to help her Headshot work. And uh, throughout all of that, we became great friends. Uh, and now she's a person that I trust to critique my work, and uh, I, I lean on her heavily for, for her eye um, and, you know, learning new techniques from her. And we also bounce business ideas off of each other and strategies. It's kind of like a low-key mastermind sort of thing. Um, so, Alana, how are you? I'm wonderful, Ben. Thank you so much, Ben and Ella, for inviting me today to participate. I'm so excited to chat with you a little bit about my 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 growth story and my journey into photography and in particular about navigating uh, change and the challenges that we all face 
um, whether they be small road bumps or, or greater challenges that life throws in our way. And yeah, so I, uh, as, as Ben had said, am a, a headshot and portrait photographer. I'm based just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And um, I also specialize in designing and selling digital backgrounds, textures and overlays uh, for photographers. So uh, we'll get into that perhaps later on in our conversation um, on how that all came to be. Yeah, I have, I have a feeling that we will absolutely talk about those digital uh, goodnesses that you make. Uh, but and first, before we uh, go too far, um, as we go through this, if anybody has questions, write them down or remember them. At, you know, As we are wrapping all of this up, we're going to open up the floor and want to be able to answer any questions you guys have. Um, so, Alana... Before you started your photography journey, you were doing something radically different. What were you doing? You bet. Uh, so really, photography has only come into my my life recently. I went to school and I was trained uh, in the sciences. I was trained as a zoologist uh, and I was involved in natural history studies and also as a molecular geneticist uh, where I led and managed uh um, research labs, as well as worked as a forensic DNA specialist. Um, and so vastly different from a creative field. Um, and it really uh, it is a surprise to me that I've ended up here in my journey. So, I mean, how, what was the transition from going from, you know, a uh, that deep into a scientific field uh, to, to jumping over into something more, you know, creative or, or just making you go, I've got to pick up a camera and go. Well, you know, I, I want to sort of preface it by saying I've always been a creative person. Uh, even as a teenager in my late teens, I, I would uh, work at uh, painting and wildlife art and actually started out in uh, pursuing uh, a career in wild as a wildlife artist, but I was told by my friends and family that's not a real job. Go out and get a real job, and and that's how I then I sh I shifted at that point and uh, went through school to to get my university degree and built a career as a geneticist, and then it was only recently uh, that everything shifted and. And that came down to a, a life-changing event um, that nobody expected. I, um, to make a long story short, uh, I, I had uh, there was there was a day about uh, in the spring of 2014, I believe it was, um, and I actually, in hindsight, looking back, they now realize I, I had had a seizure, um, and I woke up on the floor and didn't feel right. Uh, I went to the hospital, and long story short, within four days, I was in a wheelchair and blind and diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So, um, as, as you can expect, um, it, it, was, it was a very profound moment, and literally with the flick of a switch, everything changed in my life. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, that would absolutely change the world. It's, so, for, for people that may not be fully... Um, you know, know exactly what happens with MS. Can you share some of that? Is it the, is the, does everybody have the same uh, symptoms is the wrong word, but does everyone have the same experience or, you know, what can you tell us? No, that's one of the things about MS is that it's, um, it's a, it's a condition that affects everybody uniquely. Um, and it is a condition basically where your own immune system um, and uh, will attack your nerves. Um, and depending on where um, it misidentifies and, and attacks your nerves, depending on the nerve, what that nerve controls, it, it can cause um, various problems. For me, my MS um, cause, causes problems with mobility, with the ability to use my hands and my feet. It can cause cognitive problems, uh, stuttering, uh, finding the right words, doing simple math even. It's, it's kind of, I find it immensely ironic that 
I can still do very complicated math. And in, in fact, I, I've received several awards in my lifetime for math and sciences. But currently at this very moment, I can't count to 10 or add simple numbers uh, that have one or two digits. Um, it's just impossible for me, nor can I say I cannot recite the alphabet in all of its entirety without uh, great difficulty. So, so it really does affect everybody in different ways. Another way that's very common uh, that many people experience problems with during MS and MS attacks um, is problems with their, their sight and their vision. And for me, that manifested in going almost completely blind during this large attack um, back in 2014 um, to regaining my sight. And then uh, even currently, when I have what's called MS flare-ups, sometimes my vision will get a little bit wonky. It'll either go blurry or I might um, lose my color vision. Sometimes there will be kind of gray voids with what I see. Um, and kind of the cruel thing about MS is that you never know. You can go weeks with feeling fine and, and not having any difficulties at all. Then all of a sudden, it's like someone flicks a switch and um, you have one of these what are called flare-ups and you begin to have, a, you know, a variety of difficulties again. So, so it can be quite challenging in, in uh, navigating your way through this, both um, in, in your personal life as, and not to mention, of course, uh, starting and running a business. Oh, for sure. And, and I'm going to want to come back around to, to this because I, I think there's some, I think it's been very interesting to see how you've, been able to pivot and change things around to work with it uh, and and still be you know successful like you've not let it stop you um, but I want to dive back into a little bit of the history real quickly so like when you were you know you, when you started down your photography journey did you was there a specific genre of things that you knew that you wanted to do or, you know, were you kind of like, like me, were you like all over the place and trying to figure it out? Well, you know, I never, I never really started out thinking that photography would be a career path of any sorts. I actually picked up a, a camera as part of my therapy after my, that first MS attack um, as something to do. And I was trying to figure out a way that I could, you know, exercise my eyes and, uh, you know, how does one do that? So I had this idea of picking up a camera and, and photographing what I saw. And at the time I could only see light and shape and I, I couldn't read a computer screen, but I could have uh, Siri dictate to me. And I listened to a number of YouTube tutorials and different things. Um, uh, to learn how to work a camera and how to, you know, learn about composition and, and light and, and different things like that. And, and lo and behold, eventually my sight started returning and I found that, that the photography brought me so much joy. It, it, it was a distraction from the various physical pain and, and challenges I was experiencing, uh, but it gave it me something to, you know, get up for every day and to, to go out and motivate me. And I started photographing everything. I would photograph pets. I would photograph children. I'd photograph things in my garden. Um, and then that uh, slowly transitioned, actually, to, um, you know, photographing more and more people. And then it was actually this dance studio owner um, of my daughter's dance studio who invited me one day to photograph the children at the dance studio. And at first I laughed. I was, I was still in a wheelchair at, at the time. And uh, I laughed and I said, oh, I couldn't do that. And she said, no, you've actually got a really good eye. I think you should give this a try and we would love to have you. So I said, OK, you know, uh, you know, why not? Right. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned is to instead of focusing on the on the I can't do this, shift it to, OK, let's give this a try. And how can I make this work? So so I gave it a go and I went to the dance studio and I put my camera on a tripod because it's very difficult for me to hold a camera steady um, with, my, uh, with my condition. So I worked on a tripod and I, I sat down. And you know what? It turned out the children were the perfect height. And I could do that. I could sit in my chair and I could photograph the children and seeing their smiling faces. And we just had so much fun. It brought me so much joy. And, and that's kind of where it all started, was, was photographing the children at the dance studio. And it, it kind of grew from there. 
Eliana, I'm curious, what, what year was this where you were, were just getting started? This was, I first picked up the camera. So I was diagnosed in 2014 and I picked up the camera in very early 2015 um, and started photographing, you know, the children at the dance studio. Um, then I, um, I found out actually it was uh, at an event that we were at for, with the dance studio uh, we were on set and the children were being backup dancers in a dance video. And one of the people on set said, uh, I was introduced as the studio photographer. And they said, oh, do you do headshots? I need a new headshot. And I, I, I thought very quickly in my mind, I'm like, headshots. I'm like, sure, I can do that. Now, of course, I had no idea at this point what a headshot even was. I literally got home that night and I Googled what is a headshot. And this guy's name, Peter Hurley, kept coming up. And I was like, okay, Peter Hurley, Peter Hurley. So I started looking that up and I found that Peter had an educational platform that was online that taught about how to create headshots. And that it was where I found the headshot crew and, of course, met Ben. And your world has been forever changed, hopefully, for the better. So... <laughs> No, that, that's awesome. So, well, I'm talking about the, the dance studio, and this is one of the things, uh, another interesting challenge that I, I think that you have, and you and I have obviously spoken about it. You know, you live in a smaller town there in Canada. Um, how have you been able to market and grow your business? And, you know, what, how has the working in a small town either helped or made your life more challenging? You know what? I th I think working being in a small town was actually an asset to me. Um, now, of course, when I when I started out, I started doing I started learning from Peter, and within a year, as you know, Ben, I became an associate photographer of Peter's, and I started photographing headshots. I didn't have a studio, um, but I started working out bartering agreements both with the dance studio and with the local theater company. And as what I would do is I would barter and I would photograph the dancers or the actors for shows and whatnot and I would do their headshots and in exchange they would let me use their space when it wasn't being used during the daytime for lessons or for shows so I bartered and I would shoot on location um, with those um, partners that and through uh, I developed uh, relationships with. Well that's awesome and have, you know how far you know like what you're like a, an hour outside of Toronto is that what you said? Yeah, I'm about about an hour to an hour and a half out of the 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 nearest major city. Our town, I think we have about 16,000 people now, um, but it is a very small town in the rural countryside. Um, but, uh, you know, I when I set out to to find clients, I really I really looked at it as building relationships within my community. So I joined my local chamber of commerce. I developed relationships with other local businesses. Um, I participated um, in community events. Uh, you know, I supported uh, my fellow community members and organizations whose values were in line with my own. And I found that through building these authentic relationships with people, they, they, I became known in the community um, as a photographer and uh, when people then did require photography services I would be top of mind and they would just come to me um, and even to this day I'll receive phone calls um, from community members that maybe I met four years ago um, and they're just coming to me now saying oh you know I'm starting a business or I need to update my headshots and and it goes from there so I call it planting seeds right Absolutely. I, I actually love that you said I participated. And I, I think that's such a huge thing in well, just every, you know, it's not just sitting at home and, and hoping uh, that things happen. It's getting out there and doing which you know, so, so much so that I just wrote it down like that, that simple little phrase is going to end up on my whiteboard. So thank you. I, I think it's key, you know, and, and I say that too, uh, you know, often in the members group, um, in Subrice Education, um, it's all about it's about taking action, not just not just do not just sitting there and learning the theories and and watching the videos and tutorials, but you really need to just pull up your socks and take action, and that's when the magic starts to happen. 
like I want to start making like Atlanta Lee bumper stickers. And so now one's going to be pull up your socks. So we're, we're going to get a whole merch store going for you. So, you know, so you were able to start getting clients and getting things moving and grooving. So how did the, how did the MS affect you working with clients? Well, of, of course, it's a, it's a challenge to anybody with a physical disability. Um, there's, that's the glaring, obvious challenge. Uh, I found one of the biggest challenges was, you know, because I was going and I was so grateful to these businesses who are allowing me to use their space to work out of. But every time I had a session is what I would do is I would set up all of my headshots on one day. So I would, I, but I would have to, you know, take my lights, take my backgrounds, set them up do my sessions, and then take it all down at the end of the day and pack it up. And to me, that was just physically exhausting. And it really wasn't sustainable or something that I could manage every day because I was getting busier and busier. And as my schedule filled, I just really couldn't um, manage that. Uh, as luck would have it, we ended up deciding to build our own house. And as part of that build, we built in... Um, with a photography studio in mind. So I now have my own photography studio at my home. It's actually in the basement of our house. It has a separate entrance and I do all of my work now out of my home studio. And it is such a blessing. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's, and you, you brought up lighting. So, and, and you and I have spoken about this, but I, I think it's really interesting how you know with the the challenge of MS? How how does that affect things on a on a technical level? Uh, well, one of the things, of course, one of one of the things that can happen with with people with MS is that we're prone to seizures, and so working with strobes is just not a possibility for me. Um, and that's something I really struggled with because I felt that to be a real photographer, I'm using air quotes here that I needed to have strobes because all I saw that all of my mentors had strobes. Everybody, you know, who seemed to be anybody in the industry, it seemed like you had to use strobes to do it. And I wasn't able to do that. Um, so I was working either with natural light or with continuous light. And I, and I always kind of felt like a little bit blah about that. Um, but, you know, I... I, w I was still able to create these headshots. You know, I had started entering awards and, and winning prizes and things like that. And I was creating all of these with the natural light or sorry, with the with the continuous light in, in my basement. And I remember being at the very first Portrait Masters conference in uh, in I believe it was 2017. And uh, and I was speaking with Pratik Nayak and, and Felix Kuhns. And I said to Felix, you know, I said, I, I had to actually turn around because they had all of the photography booths and the gorgeous shooting bays. And, you know, there was a lot of strobes going off and I had to kind of reposition myself in the group. Um, and I explained, I'm sorry, I have to just kind of turn my back to the strobes because they're, you know, kind of setting off my, <laughs> my, uh, my symptoms and I'm not feeling so well. And I said to Felix, but I, I have to find a way that I can manage this because I need to start shooting with strobes. And he looked at me kind of bewildered and he said, he said, Alana, why, why do you need to work with strobes? And I said, well, Felix, it's, you know, it's what we do to, in order to be a professional and to be able to do more with my photography, I need to use strobes. And he kind of just, you know, he didn't physically slap me upside the head, but he might as well have. And he was like, you're creating this beautiful work, award-winning work with this continuous light there's no need to get more equipment. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you need more equipment. Learn to use the light that you have. And that was a, a groundbreaking moment for me. So much so, actually, that I returned home from that conference and I thought, okay, I'm going to really learn to master these lights that I have. And I set up this little, little exercise uh, for myself. Uh, you know, we returned home and my daughter wanted to go to the fish store and I remember being in front of this, you know, they called it the, it was like the sick tank, right? Where all the dodgy fish were. And there was this little goldfish and, and he, he would come up to the front of the tank and he was following my daughter's, you know, finger all along. And she's like, mommy, mommy, can we get this fish? And I was like, you know, if this thing was 49 cents, I'm like, sure. But like, you know, it's, it's sick. It's probably going to die. It's not going to make it for many days, but we got this fish and, uh, and I got home and and the next day was like, okay, now I need to practice my light. So what am I going to do? 
so so I had this fish and and I remember that moment you know my my daughter was making this fish lips you know at at the fish through the tank and I thought okay I'm gonna see if I could recreate that as a picture and I watched Felix's tutorials that uh, I'd purchased from the Portrait Master's store on on his two light system. And I thought, okay, well, I have two lights. I have two continuous lights and I'm going to set this up. And I did. And I created this image of a girl looking at a goldfish and they're making fishy lips at each other. And, and I really liked it. And then, so I thought, okay, I'm going to enter this into the Portrait Master's Awards this year. And I was a little bit nervous, you know, whatever. I, I put it in and, and we'll see what happens. And, and lo and behold, that image ended up winning gold and winning the pet category uh, in that in that year's competition. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful image. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of it. If you guys have not seen, uh, I believe the fish's name is Gus. Am I making that up? It is Gus. Yes. So if you guys if you haven't seen the portrait with Gus, uh, I highly encourage you to go visit Alana's Instagram and and find Gus. It's a it's it was well deserving of the gold and of the win, um, and I I would dare say it's probably become one of your iconic pieces. It so, really has, actually, yeah. And and you can also find it too. Um, there's a little write up I did about the lessons I learned going through that exercise and and creating award winning work um, on the uh, Sue Bryce blog, which I think it's that Sue Bryce Education slash blog. Is it not Ella? That's correct. And also, if you go to SueBriceEducation.com, there's a link to the blog in the header of the website, and that's totally open and free to the public, so you, you don't have to be a member to read our blog. Perfect. So, and I, I love that, you know, uh, through your conversation with Felix as well, that, you know, again, it was making things work. Like, so you, you got, you know, this unique challenge, and it, it, there's still... You're, you're still working and finding ways around it, you know. So, and you mentioned competitions in this as well. Um, so, you know, what made you want to start competing? Well, I don't know that I ever really wanted to say to, to compete. I, I was like, like, competing seems so scary to me. You know, putting your work out there uh, for everybody to see and being judged and, and, uh, you know, I was scared, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's actually something else I learned from Sue. And probably I think the most valuable lessons on the Sue Price platform are where Sue talks about fear and self-value and confidence. And, and I remember her saying, you know, if, if you feel fear, walk towards it. And, and so I did. And I thought, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to get in, get into this competition, put my work out there. And through the process, I found it to be an amazing learning tool because you learn where the quality of your work sits amongst your peers. And it also challenges uh, me to, to try new things and to test out new concepts and, uh, and to maybe do things I wouldn't do. Um, actually, I remember I was speaking uh, uh, on uh, on. Facebook to Richard Wood, who uh, I really look up to as a mentor as well. And, you know, I studied his tutorials on how to composite and, and how to edit um, as part of my growth in, in entering awards competitions. And, and I said in a post in, in Richard's group, and I said, you know, I have this idea, but I'm not quite sure how to pull it off. And I'm quite frankly, I'm kind of scared to do it because I think I'm going to fail here. And he reminded me, he said, Alana, there's, don't look at it as, as a failure. Look at, it, look at it as an opportunity for learning. There's always opportunity for learning. So even if we pour our heart and soul into creating an image for competition and it doesn't score or merit as well as we had hoped it would, we can still learn from that. We can look at judges' feedback or we can, we can um, sit back and look at it through someone else's eyes and then figure out what we could change the next time in order to make it better. I love it. I absolutely love that. 
and, and you know, where are you finding, like what inspires you in your competition and your, in your digital art pieces? You know, I know I'm pretty sure you don't compete with all of the digital art that you do. So like you, it's not all competition based, but am, it's, am I correct? It's true that? actually. And in fact, a lot of the competitions don't allow a lot of the digital work that I do um, because they, you need to have uh, purely photographic elements um, as part of it. So I do encourage everybody to always read the rules of the various competitions they're entering and ensure that all of the different techniques or assets that you're using are allowed in the categories that you're entering. Um, and then uh, inspiration, you know, I always look back to, again, going back to where I was a wildlife artist, I studied fine art, um, I always look back to the old masters, right, for, for lighting, for color grading, those deep, rich, jewel tone hues, uh, Rembrandt lighting. Um, I'm inspired by, by the works of the old masters. I'm also inspired by the everyday things, you know, the, that, that interaction of a child with a goldfish. I mean, who hasn't made fish lips at some point in their life at someone or something? It's something that we've all done. And I, you know, so let, why not tell that story um, uh, to dream? Sometimes I have, you know, I have a wild imagination. So I'm like, what, what if this would happen? And I, I, I see if I can create that. Um, or if I'm doing a commission for a client that's going to be a composite work as part of the consultation process, I will ask them, you know, what do they dream of? And I love it when it involves children because I always, you know, the parents have their own ideas but I always encourage the children to participate in the consultation if we're creating a bespoke image, you know, that's going to feature a child. And I say, what, what do you want? What do you see? What do you dream of? You know, everything from once a little boy said, I want to ride a dragon. So I said, okay, perfect. You know, we can do that. So I, I pulled out our old saddle, you know, and I set it up on a, on a sawhorse in the studio and I photographed him in the saddle and I took him on this whole adventure and we were laughing. Of course, he's just sitting in the studio in front of a great backdrop. But I was like, you know, pretend and where are you flying and what are you doing and what color is your dragon? And he, you know, we created this whole narrative and I, and I captured these images and then I was like, okay, so now I have to find the pieces to actually build this image. And often you can find there's a lot of stock out there available through Adobe stock and, and, and the various outlets. But I often found it was challenging to find the exact pieces I needed. Or if I found, the, you know, the subject or the object that I needed, it wasn't in the right pose or orientation or perspective. So that's when I started creating my own digital assets. Well, and I was actually going to ask you about that. And when, when did you start making the assets? Well, that came, I mean, I started doing it for, for my personal and my client work probably about 2018. It was a few years ago. Um, but I was just doing it for myself. And, um, you know, I had more and more people asking me, where did you get these from? Where did you get these from? And I said, well, I just have, you know, I have terabytes of hard drives where I make them myself. And I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm finding it really challenging to photograph as much as I, I was to serve clients and photograph people in studio um, to basically uh, cope with the physical uh, limitations that I had. You know, big groups were a challenge. Photographing in studio every day was just exhausting for me because of my MS. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just test this out and maybe I can diversify my income stream. I'll photograph uh, do less photography sessions, and maybe I'll start selling some of my digital assets online. So um, I guess in, in the fall of 2019, I, I kind of rolled out a few products, um, you know, just on a tab on my website, and, and there was some interest there. Um, so I, I kind of developed the, uh, started developing the idea further, and that was kind of, I had laid the foundation. And then, of course, 2020 came, and along with COVID and the pandemic, and, and as you know, as, as we all know, uh, you know, another challenge is thrown in front of us where we were not able to photograph people in person and we were forced to shut down in various lockdowns, uh, you know, and, and the photography industry as we knew it um, kind of came to a, a lurching halt. Um, 
And, and I was so grateful that I had laid the foundation for that other income stream, which was my digital products and selling them in my store. So I thought, okay, I'm going to focus more on that. And what I noticed is everybody was going online. They were all using this program called Zoom to do these meetings. And, you know, people were getting kind of self-conscious. They're like, oh, I'm on Zoom, but, you know, my house is messy or this and that. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to make some virtual backgrounds for Zoom and see how that goes. So I started adding that product line to my store. Um, and then everything just kind of started snowballing from there. Yeah. And again, you know, it just keeps hitting the, the point home. That it's like, you know, challenges kind of come your way and your ability to see another opportunity around that challenge, I think is really magnificent. You know, um, you know, full disclosure, uh, everybody listening to this, I use a lot of Anna Lee, uh, Alana Lee's uh, digital assets. I use a lot of backgrounds uh, from her. So I highly recommend. Um, if folks wanted to find those online, Alana, where would they be looking? Well, actually, well, if you don't mind, um, if go I, ahead, I, I jump in here real quick. I just, um, so if you're interested, Alana has. Uh, some of you know her digital products on her website, of course, which is alanaleephoto.com. Correct, Alana? That's correct. Yep. And then you can also find there are some products that Alana has made exclusive to the Portrait Masters store. So you can check those out on www.theportraitmasters.com. So, and then also, I just wanted to uh, open up the stage to people with questions. We've had Logan very patiently waiting with a question. So, Logan, I'm going to go ahead and bring you up onto the stage here. And uh, is, I don't see Logan up here, so. It's always fun, right? A challenge, Ella. It's a challenge. (laughs) And And while we're waiting, Ben, tell me a little bit about how how you use uh, textures. As we know, I know you use some of my textures. I know you've used some of Richard Wood's. Um, how do you use textures and, uh, and digital assets in your work? I am in a relatively small shooting space uh, in, in my lovely little studio. Uh, so I don't have a lot of room for, very, for different backgrounds and all of that sort of good stuff. Like I would love to own several elephants, but I just don't have the space. So for me, like almost everything that I shoot is on gray paper. And then I'm going in in post and replacing those backgrounds. And, you know, sometimes I stack them with different blend modes or, or whatever. Um, but it just, I'm really using them for versatility. Uh, you know, it, it buys me a lot of space. Um, I just want to, I'm oh, sorry, just to jump in here real quick. Logan, I'm not sure what's happening here. I don't know if you want to try leaving the room. And coming back, but uh, for some reason, I just I can't get you up on stage here. I think there's some kind of little hiccup in the uh, in the app. So that's my suggestion. You know, I st- I see that your hand is still raised, but the normal way to add someone is just not working. For sure, I inc- I encourage Logan to try that. Leaving the room, coming back in, and if we're unable to get you up on the stage, Logan feel free to reach out to any one of us uh, through DMing on Instagram, or if you do happen to be a member, um, you can also reach us in the Sue Bryce uh, members only group on Facebook. But I see Alex has joined us here on stage. Hi, Elena. Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you, Ella and Ben for hosting this room. And Elena, I am blown away. I'm so, I feel like the all the stars aligned and i was supposed to hear you today um first of all thank you for sharing your story i've been wanting to do composite work forever and i didn't know how to start besides just i was just going to start fumbling around with youtube videos so you've completely um lit that fire under me i'm gonna do all the research i can on you behind the scenes i have a quick question why do you shoot on gray seamless instead of say a green screen? So there are, firstly, uh, I'm so excited to hear that the spark has been lit inside you because compositing will change your world. It opens up so many opportunities <sighs> to, to create things that you couldn't normally create, um, you know, in, or photograph, uh, uh, in studio is just so versatile and cost effective too. Um, 
so I do encourage you to explore explore tutorials on YouTube and explore those tutorials that are available in the Portrait Master Store from Richard Wood, okay. uh, because I learned so much from him about technique as well. Um, anyway, so going back to why I shoot on gray. Um, so when you're compositing, um, one of the biggest challenges people have are extracting your subject from the background um, in a realistic fashion, um, as well as uh, making things sort of match up with respect to lighting and tone. And, and um, there can be different ways to do that. So some people choose to shoot on a green screen or a bright blue screen um, when they're doing their compositing or shooting their assets for compositing. Um, and other people like myself will choose either a white background or a gray background. For me, I find gray is most versatile um, because it's super easy to use a blend mode, which um, a blend mode in Photoshop allows you to adjust how your layers interact with each other. And one of the blend modes that you can often use is overlay or soft light. Um, there's another one called multiply. And depending on how you want those those layers to interact, you can slap a texture on over a gray-black background using one of these blend modes, and it's almost like an instantaneous effect. You don't even have to really cut out your subject. You can just do a little mask and brush off your subject's skin. So, of course, the texture doesn't show up on skin, or they're going to look like some kind of outworldly being. But um, <laughs> um, So it just makes blending your layers so much easier. Um, so that's kind of the primary reason why I choose a gray background. I'll also use it in headshots. As Ben knows, often we'll use, you know, sort of a, that standard 18% gray in a headshot. Um, but then you can think about it as, think about the versatility then. If you take a, um, uh, a cinematic style background, you can add and, uh, one of these overlays in, in one of these blend modes and instantaneously, instead of looking like it was shot in a studio, it can look like you're sitting in a corporate office or on the street or uh, whatever environment you want to put that person in. So there's a, it offers a huge versatility with minimal uh, work in having to extract your subject by just using those blend modes. Does that make sense? It totally does. Thank you. I have a miniature white horse. Um, he's the size of a Great Dane, and he looks exactly like a unicorn. In fact, he does kids' unicorn parties. I have a unicorn horn for him and all. And I've been wanting to do magical composites with him. Um, would I bring, like, a roll of Gray Seamless to his stable and shoot him on that? Or would I, like, what would you suggest for an animal? You know, he's a mini horse about the size of a Great Dane. I would suggest um, two things. So it depends when, when you're considering what kind of background to shoot your stock on. Think about your end use. So if, if you're going to just be um, shooting your models again in studio and then, and then bringing them together and, and putting them into a darker scene, a seamless gray is the perfect choice. If you're going to be putting him in an outdoor scene anyways, I would actually shoot him, you know, in a field in the environment um, where where you kind of envision compo the composites going into, or ideally both. Um, and is what I would recommend for you, um, obviously like a savage paper backdrop um, isn't going to hold up to animals being on it. What I found is Savage makes, I think I got it actually through B&H, um, but they make a vinyl background. I have it in both white and the 18% gray. And it's, it's, it's quite heavy, but I have a 10 by, it's a 10 by 20 foot roll um, and it's vinyl and it stands up. I use that for the dancers all the time. It stands up to little feet dragging across it and tap shoes tapping away and animals stepping on it. And if you actually happen to have an animal who has an oopsie and you need to do a cleanup, it's <laughs> not a problem. It's vinyl. You just literally mop it up and disinfect it, and you're good to go. And I've had that vinyl backdrop since I think I got it in 2018, you know, when I was first starting it with those dancers, and I still use it every day. It's my, my go-to setup in my studio. I can't thank you enough. I'm so grateful. Thank you. You're welcome so much. Yeah, and you have to be careful around Atlanta because she will light that composite fire under you. 
it is completely her fault that I'm working on the project that I'm working on right now. So just be, be warned, like fun work is coming your way. <laughs> it's in a good way, though. It's just I, I love it. I get so excited um, at the thought of compositing and imagination. And, and do feel free to reach out to me anytime. Um, you know, send me a DM or if you're in the Super Ice group. Um, just tag me in a post there if you ever have any questions or if you run into a snag and you know things aren't just quite lining up right or and you can't figure out the next steps to go just reach out for help don't be scared because I, re I remember you know that fear can paralyze us right thank you so much I'm I just I'm just so excited thank you if anybody else has any questions down below for uh for Atlanta or me or Ella uh, feel free to raise your hands and come on up. Um, so, and while we're waiting on that, Alana, you know, what sort of advice, you know, I, we, we all have our different challenges and different things that come up and, you know, some of them, you know, we create ourselves in our, in our mind, some are out of our control. What sort of suggestions would you give to people to working with their challenges to continue to uh, prosper and grow? You know, I like that you mentioned, Ben, that challenges can be different, right? And and what can seem like a small challenge to one person could seem insurmountable to another. So I want I want to just kind of acknowledge that that we we don't need to feel shameful or feel like a failure because we're presented with challenges and we can't see it see our way through it. My advice to to anyone. Um, facing any type of a challenge is to, you know, acknowledge the challenge, break it down into what are what are the barriers here and what are my roadblocks, write them down. And then, you know, we're, we're creative minds, we're, we're all blessed with creative minds. And that's why we're in this, this genre and, and uh, this occupation. So, so think creatively, think outside the box, and don't dwell on the roadblocks or the problem itself, but look for the solutions look for answers and ways to get around that it's it's often just a small little root or road bump or, or rock in our path and and we can choose to step over it we can choose to go around it and if those don't work we can always recalibrate adjust your route and choose another path and don't be afraid to do that and it's okay even if that wasn't in your original plan or your goal you know, explore those opportunities, be open to them and invite them in and and face them head on and then look at look at problem solving your way through them. Because often what looks to be the most insurmountable challenge is often the greatest opportunity of our life. I love it. Uh, yeah. So spot on. And, and thank you. Um, and I know you've got, uh, you know, uh, a shot coming here very shortly. So I just want to give it, you know, another one or two minutes to see if uh, anybody else has any questions down below. Uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting on that, uh, if you are not yet following the Portrait Systems Club, feel free to click the greenhouse uh, at the top here and follow the club so that you can be a part of more of these conversations. Um, also, you know, do be sure to definitely check out Atlanta's Instagram. Uh, it's really, really inspiring. I, I love her work. And, you know, check out the Instagrams of all the people around you as well. Uh, like, comment, you know, support each other's work. Uh, the more we all support each other, the more that we raise each other up. And, you know, we can help each other beat those algorithms too. Um, Ella, did you have anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to say, make sure you follow Ben's Instagram too, um, because he's a fantastic photographer as well. So you have to check out his work. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. It can be a lot to take in sometimes, uh, I know. And um, sometimes it's, all, it's, it's always good to listen and to learn. Uh, here's Andrea. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, you joined us uh, up here on stage. Andrea um, has faced some challenges on her own, and I've seen her blossoming as a creative and a composite artist. Welcome. And I also see Shirley. So maybe... Um, we've got about, oh, just under 10 minutes la left. So why don't we go to Andrea first? Hi, guys. Hi, Alana, Ben, Ella. Thanks for having this room. And I'm so excited. I don't know how I'm not following this um, group yet, but is it called a group? Tell me what it's called. Room, group, group. It's a club. 
I think it's a club. It a club. Yep, you're right. Okay. Um, I'm so excited. I I could have swore I was following it, and I wasn't. So everybody, if, even if you think you're you are following it, go ahead and touch it and make sure because um, I wasn't. And I'm excited. I was going to ask, what time is the Portrait Master System podcast usually on here? Are y'all on suit? Uh, certain days or times? Oh, sure. I can take this one. So um, on Clubhouse, we're here every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So that would be noon Pacific. And then, yeah, and then the the podcast episodes are actually released on every Monday uh, morning by around 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then the bonus, you know, Clubhouse podcast episodes are released usually on Thursdays. Awesome. Thank you, Ella. And Alana, your work is inspiring and you are so giving in every room that I am in with you. You are, um, you just give us so much to go off of and it, um, it makes a difference and I appreciate you. Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea. Um, keep tagging us in, in your work and, and sharing your creative soul because it's beautiful. Surely. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, hi, Liz. I'm hi there. So glad I'm here. To catch up the the tail of the conversation. Um, actually, I don't know where to begin. I'm the beginner. Like, I start just start off. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just start to have try to have some model car to have the version I. Do I mean for my next step to for the um, IPS um, and I building my very first website? Um, I just feel discouraged because um, in the group in the Facebook group I posted and many many people give me great advice that my wording because English is my third language and my wording really matters like model call I don't call model call but I call champagne and things like that and just I feel discouraged because I want to get this I, I have these ideas to certain model calls I want to but not many people like almost like 90% per people when they heard that they need to pay for makeup or pay for anything, they back off. And like, so I'm like, I didn't have anything happen for three weeks. It can be discouraging at times, I know, Shirley, um, especially when you're just starting out to get those bums in seats, right? <laughs> um, are you a member of Superice Education? Yes, I am. Okay, so firstly, um, I want to encourage you to to seek help um, from members in the members-only group, um, especially if you're finding problems. I know uh, I can imagine not having English as your first language, but if you're serving a primarily English-speaking community, that can feel like a, a very large barrier or challenge. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage you to post in the group and ask for feedback on the language or the words that you're using um, in your model calls or, or in your communications. And I'm, I'm quite positive that the community would uh, be ever so helpful in, in guiding you in that, even if it's just to, to as a double check, to give you that confidence that, that you are communicating what you intend to communicate in the best way possible. So I encourage you to keep trying as well. Um, I want to remind everyone that, you know, you can't accept everyone to be a yes. Um, don't look at them as a flat out no, but I think it was actually Sue or it might have been Nikki Klosser to say who, who reminded us that it's not a no, it's a, a not now. And maybe they're not open to booking you at the moment or participating at that very moment because they might have challenges in their own lives and it's just not a good time for them. But if you keep putting yourself out there and showing your work and sharing your authentic self, you will become top of mind to people so that when they are ready, they will come to you. 
um, but keep keep going for it. Um, continue to folio build with with family, with friends, um, with with anybody. So you know, have an idea in mind and and create those folio images and keep putting them out there. Make connections in your community within the groups that you're authentically part of already. Uh, you know, share what you do. And become confident about telling others about your work and what you create. Does that help a little bit? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I have very high expectation or too high <laughs> how things should be. Um, yeah, I trying to balance that. Also, like pressure from home and finances and trying to like you know, get some money in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just stressful to start. Ben, do you yeah. have any advice for Shirley as well? Oh, I think you really nailed it on the head. And and Shirley, you're right, starting can be the, the most stressful part. Um, but, uh, you know, if, for as cliche as it may sound, stick to it and keep going because the payoff on the other side makes it all so worth it. Um, and and this is the the phase right now where you're probably going to be learning the most and building that foundation that's going to be your successful business going forward. So I just stay the course. I think you're I think you're doing the right things, and I think everything Alana said is spot on. Thank you, thank you, guys. You're, you're so welcome. welcome. We have a, a couple of minutes left for Colleen. Colleen. Hi there. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Uh, it just, it's so timely for me. I ended up doing um, some practice overlays last night. I'm very, very new to doing it and very overwhelmed trying to figure it out. I didn't have any success at all, just kind of plugging away by myself. Um, I do own Richard Wood's videos and I will uh, reintroduce them and, and watch them again. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. Um, but is there anything that I can do um, in any videos that you can think of that I can start besides Richard Woods? I did watch them, but it was about a year ago. Is there any other video out there that you would recommend for beginners? It really depends on on what you're trying to to do. Um, I just want to point out um, the people listening in after on the recording won't be able to see this, but Colleen has the perfect example of a headshot with an environmental style background. If she had shot that on a gray background, she could add that style of background in and change it up till her heart's content with only a few simple clicks of a button. So I'm very excited to see her headshot, Colleen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, a fellow photographer friend, she um, she did that for me, thankfully. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so where to start out? I mean, I learned a whole lot off of YouTube. YouTube can be very overwhelming at first. And you also have to be, do have to have, you know, take caution, um, of course, with everything. Um, you know, there's good information out there and there's bad information. So whenever you're looking at YouTube uh, tutorials think what is the source of this information and does it have merit and can it be you know trusted um, mm -hmm. so that you're not learning bad techniques to start off with um, other people like I said like Richard Wood is is fabulous at um, compositing um, I have a few basic tutorials I'm working diligently on trying to record more mm -hmm. um, but I have a few tutorials out on my own YouTube channel Oh, okay. um, so if you just actually, it's probably easier to go to my website and link it from there. Um, or if you just search Alana Lee photo on, uh, on YouTube, it should pop up and there are some basics there. Um, also with every one of my products that I have in the portrait master store, they do come with a tutorial on how to use them. For example, we just released the eyelash collection. It comes with a 10, 15 minute tutorial on how to easily apply those in your work. Same thing for the fabric overlays, um, you know, the creative wings um, mm -hmm. and the texture background. So they all come with a tutorial. And that's something that I believe is important, right? Because not everybody comes with those skills in advance and you need to you need to learn how to properly use them. Um, right. I was thinking more of um, taking a lot of my landscape shots. We've done a lot of traveling 
all over the world and I have some beautiful images in my own collection. And I'm not quite sure how I'm seeing a lot of people doing it, uh, their final product, but it seems that I don't know if they desaturate it. I'm such a beginner that my eye is trying to figure out what's happening here. How do I take one of my images of Italy, let's say, and try to get that into one of my photos? It's just, obviously, it's saturated. It has a lot of color. How do, I mean, where do I, I go with landscape photography um, to start doing overlays? Do you have videos, tutorials for something like that to be the end product? I, I don't, but Ella, let's pencil that down for something that we can put out there yeah. on how to use a digital background and then apply our subjects into that background. Is that, would that be helpful, Colleen? Oh, absolutely. I, I would love to utilize my own images. And uh, yeah, I just have absolutely no idea. I see it visually happening all the time. There's so many um, photographers that are doing that and I don't even know where to begin. All right. Well, we can certainly walk you through that process. It's a little bit more in depth and it's, this is one of the challenges of Clubhouse because we're an audio only format. So it's kind mm -hmm. of hard to walk you through a visual process in an audio only format. Um, but please do, I encourage you to reach out in the group. Um, but also we will look to creating a resource for you that will walk you through from a beginner standpoint um, mm -hmm. things to consider and, and how to go about that process. I think that um, would be a great in, course. I think it would be oh, yeah, course. I'll be looking forward to that. I, I'm, I just want to delve into this. And like I said, I feel like I'm at the beginning and just stuck. And I hate that feeling where I just can't get beyond. I, I don't understand even how to pull it into Photoshop the correct way. So even yes. that basic. And I've got some tips for you on that as well. Okay. So, well, so um, yeah, uh, we'll, let's look towards putting together a comprehensive thing. But there are so many factors that come together. And maybe we'll just close on this. Come okay. together. Well, thank when you. You're, when you're creating a, a composite, um, in order to do it in a, in a way that's believable. And ideally, if you, once you master the process, the, the end point or the challenge becomes cre creating an image that people really can't tell you com composited together. I mean, maybe it's a fantastical idea that is impossible so that they know that that mm -hmm. really wouldn't be possible, but you do it in any kind of com composite in such a way that it's seamless and it tricks the eye into believing that it really happened. And that comes down to a whole host of factors. So it it comes down to matching your perspectives, your mm -hmm. lighting, your hue saturation, your luminosity, your contrast between all of your different elements. All of these come into play and there's some, it sounds like a very complicated process, but when you break it down into a step-by-step -step format, mm -hmm. it the steps themselves are, are easy. And I think Ben can attest to that um, because he started exploring it as well. And I'm always like, okay, Ben, just break it down and, and you, you follow in an orderly, in an orderly uh, way that when you, when you bring it all together, it, it does become believable, but there are a few little pieces of theory that you have to keep in mind mm -hmm. in order to, to sell it. So well, great. Thank you. And also, I just want to mention, I really enjoyed listening to you. I kind of got in the last, um, a little bit late, but uh, it was wonderful listening to your story and uh, I appreciate the help. Thank you. You're most welcome. Uh, I thank everybody for, for listening. And, um, you know, I fought so long uh, about telling my story and my journey and, um, uh, but once I, I kind of decided to take that step, um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, push that fear, fear aside about being judged or I don't know what, why I, I felt fear about sharing my, my challenges and my disabilities. Um, but once I made that decision, um, there's no looking back. And, and I just want to encourage anyone who's facing challenges, um, you know, to, to take them head on, to face them. And there's always a way uh, to overcome them. Alana, thank you so much for being our guest today. I just want to say 
I, you know, I, I feel lucky that I get to work with you on like your products in the store and that you're a member of, of SBE. And I, I feel very lucky to have met you through this, these channels. And I just think it's so great how you are, you seem to be, you know, like equally left and right brain. So you're so creative. And, and then you also have this like fantastic uh, scientific you know, oriented type way of thinking too. And I just, I appreciate you so much. And your, your like, your creativity is just so vast. And I, I just love seeing what you're coming up with. Like, I can't wait for you to bring us a new product or show me a new photo. It's just, it's just wonderful. So thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. Ben, thank you for your time. I, I appreciate you. I know you've been in our community for a very long time and, um, you always bring such great insights and uh, candor whenever you join our talks. So again, just thank you so much. Thank you for everyone for who's attended today. We really appreciate you coming to our clubhouse. Um, please check out the Portrait System podcast if you haven't already. We think that if, if you enjoyed this talk, you'll definitely love the podcast. Um, if you're not familiar with Subarice Education, please check us out. We're subariceeducation.com. We're actually going to be having a free week coming up starting on April 19th. So you, it, it's really cool. It's um, you just basically you go to the website, and if you're not a member, you just give us our email address, and then you get instant access to all of the courses on SBE. It's like a once a year kind of thing. And it's just incredible. So Sue's going to be going live, like near, I, th I think every day, don't, don't quote me, but I think it's near every day that week too. So, and we're going to have a lot of surprises that week. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, if you're already a member of Super Education and you have any questions for Alana or Ben, feel free to reach out to them in the um, members only Facebook group. And if you're not a member, you can also reach out to them on Instagram. And then if you have any questions about the portrait system, the, the portrait master store or Subrice education, you can always email me at Ella at Subrice or you can uh, also hit us up on Instagram as well. So I just like to, again, thank you, Ben, Alana, everyone for being here today and have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX 100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.